Stephen, welcome to episode three. Uh, you might notice a notable omission from this week's podcast. Charlie, the guy who normally hosts it, not here. He's off gallivanting around Japan right now. So we figured it would be fun for the three of us to hang out and just just chat a little bit. I think, uh, you know, go back through the, the annals of Incident IO, how we got here, why we're here, all of that kind of fun stuff. Um, obviously, that means this time a lot less structure. Um, but I think I think that's going to be fun. Um, I guess if people are hearing this, it went well enough that we decided to put it out. And otherwise, <laughs> this is going to be 30 minutes of us chatting to each other, uh, which we do enough as it is. So Yeah, but that's, that's still a nice way to spend a Friday. L- listen, yeah. there, there, there are few people I would rather hang out with than you two. So, uh, so there you go. There you go. While the cat's away, the mice will play. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. If nothing exactly. else, this will demonstrate why we really need Charlie. <laughs> So he'll get to feel very valued on his return. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, we said we said we cover like origin stories. So maybe, maybe Pete, uh, like you could start with like the the sort of massive existential question of why are we here? Like, what's yeah. the reason for incident? I thought I I'd start with my my mission? moment in the Himalayas where I realised what my purpose was in life, and then tell us about that. Kind of go from yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I also really like origin story. It makes us sound like some sort of weird superhero team. Um, yeah, I guess so. I guess we all came at this from slightly different positions. So, like for for me, uh, I guess even like pre uh, time at Monzo, pre starting Instant IO. So my role was very kind of technical, or like it wasn't like only technical. So I, I worked very across the business, but my role was kind of core at its core, a very technical role, right? So it's like I interacted with a lot of other people, legal, marketing, etc. And one of the ways that that happened a lot was in incidents. <laughs> Uh, and I still have very fond memories, uh, even though I can't talk about them all, of all the like fires that we ended up fighting. And I remember sort of that that wasn't some incredible inspirational like, oh, one day I'm going to start an instant management company moment. But like it had always been a bit of a problem or a process that I always felt was a bit janky. Um, and then, yeah, I guess sort of Monzo was the moment that crystallized it for me of just like seeing how this could be done really, really well. And I remember... Uh, joining Monzo and seeing how some of the tooling work that you'd built. And then we were laughing about this the other day, but like before I even joined Monzo, I remember reaching out to you about that tooling. Cause I was doing a, I was basically like our instant process here, at, um, a company called Kikada. So I was like, it's fine, but it's like a bit janky. It feels like every time I'm like being a robot, I follow the same blue book every time I'm like creating Slack channels and I'm like updating the status page and that's fine. That's kind of my job, but it's kind of like, it must be a solution to this. So I looked at all the providers I found three or four that were on the market at the time and was like, you know, in my in my role, which is sort of a kind of principal engineering type role, I was like, I'm buying on behalf of everyone. None of these feels great. Like also my intuition of like, oh, maybe I should build something is like, I know that's not good. Uh, and I remember reaching out to you, I think on Twitter, right? And going, yep. you just tweeted about this Monzo response tool. And I was like, oh, this is cool. Like, you know, why did you build it? Are there any vendors that I could just buy? And you were basically like, no, I did exactly the same thing. I looked at all the suppliers out there and they were all bit pants. Um, and and then actually what happened is I left GoCardless before I could get that set up. Uh, so I kind of cheated and just joined Monzo where it was already all installed. Um, yep. But that was my that was my sort of first sort of run in with incident, instant management and incident software, I guess. Um, yeah, and from, from my side, I was like, who is this nerd that's DMing me on Twitter? <laughs> who is this I'm weirdo like, that's reached go, out, go out, away. out of nowhere? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I was, I was, quite, I was quite impressed that you responded because I think I had like 100 Twitter followers and you had like lots. So I was like, he's never going to reply. 
and then, big in the game now, with now, now my 500 the, the human that you are chris um <laughs> yeah. you've been demoted from from you know sre god status in my mind but I remember you being just like unbelievably polite in your DMs, which is which was just like you were just like caveating these things. It was like you know, did you, what did you think about uh, buying this before building it? Oh, and that's not a leading question, and I'm I'm sorry if you're yeah. offended. I was by really that. I was really worried that what it would come across like is like, why have you built this? Why didn't you just fucking buy it, you moron? Yep. Um, and yeah, I didn't want to give that impression, so yeah, did a classic, incredibly hedgy. Uh, wrote my tweet like it's a letter to the prime minister vibes yeah it was it was an interesting prompt actually i remember you reaching out and flagging another tool in the space and i was yeah. like i'd lit- literally never heard of them we were using PagerDuty, and it was exceptional at what we wanted it to do at monzo yeah. which was like make people's phones make noises and it did that and never failed and it was like you just buy it and it gets out of the way um but yeah no it's uh it's interesting i um i, I sort of stand by the decision to build back then i think because i think there yeah. wasn't a compelling a compelling thing to go and use and they all had like trade-offs and for us for us at monzo like it was the it was the fact that all the tools that existed were like super engineering focused and yeah. i was like the problems i'm seeing on the ground are i need to you know i'm running running incidents at a bank and incidents happen quite a lot at banks and so whether it's your bank or another bank that's down like there's like constant degradation it feels like um and so the problems i had were like I had a team of people who are like, I don't want to be paged and I don't want to be on call because I have literally no idea how to manage the like 50 things I need to do in all the different scenarios that happen. So it's like, I remember the one that terrified me most when I first joined Monzo was like, if you're paged and it's something to do with card payments, you almost certainly need to call up like the MasterCard, like operational command center. And I remember, or, or they'll call you. So we had like a shared number that they could like dial in on. And so you just get a phone call and they'd be like, hi, it's like Clive from Operational Command Center. What are you focusing on your side? And I'm like, I mean, I'm looking at a Grafana dashboard and I'm not entirely <laughs> sure right now, uh, but someone else who does know what they're doing is on the way and we'll get yeah, back to you. I don't you. know what this graph means, but it doesn't look good, Clive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Clive, <laughs> do, you reckon, do you reckon red is the right color for this <laughs> sort of thing? <laughs> Out of, yeah. out of curiosity, how long did it take you to? Um, I don't think we've. I don't think I've ever asked you this, but like, so I know you built the open source thing, but I wasn't sure if it was like a side project at Monzo or whether it was like part of the work that you did at Monzo or whether it was just like a. Yeah, I, I know you mentioned that it was kind of like a inspired by some like conference or Slack thing, but like, how did did you knock it up in like a weekend or was it like but, a, yeah sort so, of several so months exercise or something? First we've version spent like two years on our version, so yeah, it was the first version was like like laughably simple so in the first instance what i wanted was a way to have a slash command and a channel and an announcement post that goes yeah. somewhere so that folks know something's happened they have a little like thread that takes them through and also when i joined monzo uh so monzo like massive like golang shop everything written in go very very like uh consistent about that and i didn't really know go um like i'd done my coding challenge for like part of the interview process in go as that was my literally my first exposure to it and so i was like oh well i want this incident thing and i want to learn a bit of go so i did it as like a fun evenings project and it was Mm -hmm. like two two evenings and all it was was a lambda and aws running some go code and when the slash command came in it would just be like boop here's a slack post and here's a thing no state no nothing Um, so that was first version and then it was actually when i was like ironically i was at a pager duty conference in san francisco a little while later and i went to a talk by john allspore and he was talking about like all of the like 
kinds of insights that people could get from incidents if they if they chose to actually properly invest in those things. Um, and I then in a, a couple of evenings in my hotel room at that conference, uh, <laughs> sort of like super, super late night, I then rewrote the whole thing in Python and Django because I didn't want to have to deal with like RMs and like integrating with like databases from Go because I didn't know any of that stuff. And I was like, I know Django really well. So it's like bootstrapped an app built a thing that stored the state and suddenly like within an evening I had all of the functionality of the previous thing but then like a record of an incident happening and a thing on a web page that I could start being like cool here's a timeline that we're building so yeah nice. that was that was like how it all came to be uh in sort of Mondo, Monzo days yeah must be quite satisfying it's kind of cool like a lot of people we reach out to they're like heard of response although I'd hope that at some point instant IO is more more prolific yeah, well, yeah. It's, we're in that annoying situation where there's a fair few, fair few people we speak to, and we're Different like, own goal. Yeah, exactly. It's like they're like, oh, Instant IO looks great, but we have the thing that's sort of like the very primitive version that we've now extended a zillion times over, and we have a team of like five engineers that support it, and they don't really want their job to go away, so we're going to keep running the thing ourselves. And you know, we've won a few of them over, and there's a few more that we need to win over in future. Agreed. Agreed. I guess like so Stephen wasn't tweeting you and nerding out about incidents before we started Instant IA. Uh but I don't know, what why did you do this, Stephen? Yeah, good question. Um I think I so I had always been the kind of recipient or receiver of incidents in that I so uh, I started, um, along with a, a few co-founders, uh, a credit card fraud detection company. So that sat in the kind of synchronous payment flow for a lot of mm. fast growing companies. And as a result, like we were making these decisions in, you know, 300 milliseconds about, um, essentially whether you should let transactions go through or not. So high volume, like low latency, like systems need to be fast and working. So whenever you get small hiccups or small outages, like you were getting paged to to go and deal with that stuff. Um, and the sort of distinct memory that I walk away from there is like, why does why does the software seem to stop as soon as my phone gets paged by, it was Ops Genie we used there. Like you act the page and then it's kind of on me to do everything yeah. else. Like I, I felt like I was gluing together Grafana dashboards, alongside status page updates, alongside, you know, trying to copy whatever. It's like kind of CSI style, reconstitute what actually happened for a post-mortem afterwards. And it just felt, um, you know, it wasn't like one of my biggest problems, you know, for example, like just yeah. didn't happen incredibly often, but when it did, it just felt weird and awkward. And then coming to Monzo, I saw really, I think a bit of like, oh, this is this is what I how this is how I would want to solve the problem. Yeah. Um if I had time you're, to you're solve welcome. it. Yep. Yes, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> um and yeah, I guess a bit of a I don't know. It's like if I went to a new company, I would want to put a credit card in and like bring some of this stuff with me. So just with like hard hard nosed business hat on as well. It's like there feels like there's something here. If both Pete wanted wanted to buy something yeah. and could not and Chris did but had to build his own and I thought it was weird that feels like compelling evidence for going and for going and sort of doing something together yeah 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 that makes sense that makes sense I think um yeah I guess like from we like we validated that it was a it was a thing that was useful like what was the I tried I tried to like recall exactly what the like trigger was for like 
being like we should do this as a as a bigger thing as a sort of side yeah. side hustle i think it was that right it was you you two folks actually like ironically the irony for this whole situation for me is that i have forever wanted to start my own company <laughs> right that has been like lifelong dream to do that and to do, to do it and find this like niche and a product and so i built the original thing at monzo but I actually didn't spot it as like a product opportunity. I think I discounted it and was like, uh, it's not, it's not enough in it, that sort of thing. And so it was you two, like how, how did you two, cause you were the first ones who sort of were like, we should do a thing. How did that yeah. come about? I blame, I blame Steven. Uh, yeah. I think it's your fault we're here. Uh, yeah, I guess like, so, so my, my recollection, Steven can tell me, uh, or fill in all the gaps or tell me what's wrong, but it's essentially, you know, we were, we were mid pandemic. We'd been doing a lot of like, hard work some of which was like writing code but a lot of which was you know working on plans and kind of helping to do urgent projects to stabilize the business all that kind of stuff is it was it's really good it's really important work but we we weren't getting to sort of like build like a huge amount that wasn't incredibly tightly scoped for really really good reasons and so we were like oh it would be kind of fun to just and also we didn't get to hang out together very much um, cause we both had our remits in, in Monzo and kind of had our heads down quite a lot. So we started having like coffee catch ups and we were both in sort of staff engineering roles there. So it was like, cool, we should hang out more. And you know, that'd be good for everyone involved. And it was like, oh, why don't we just get some beers in the evening and like build some stuff for fun. Um, and that was, that was, I think your prompt, Stephen was like, let's like, you know, you were like, oh, I'm just kind of trying to think of like fun side projects. And I was like, oh, this sounds good. Like I'd be well up for that. And then we had a long list, which lives somewhere of just like, what we thought were like quite small things we could build, uh, which is hilarious looking back. What now. was the stupidest uh, thing on the list, Pete? I want to know. <laughs> I, there weren't any stupid things on the list. There's some, there no? some interesting stuff. There was like a performance benchmarking tool. That was one of them um, that I remember you uh, working on at one point, Stephen. But yeah, and so we were kind of like going through this list of like fun stuff we could build as like little side projects. And one of them was like, I wonder if there's a kind of turnkey, you know, to Stephen's point earlier, like credit cardable incident automation thing that would sort of streamline a lot of, I guess, some of the value that we're finding with some of the processes and, and tooling here. And like, we could just like offer it up and people could pay like a few quid a month and it might be like fun evening fodder and beer money material. And sort of that, that's where it started. And then there's like a fuzzy period in the middle, but that that's, that's what I remember anyway. Um, and then, and then my next recollection is Stephen going like, yeah, I'll see you at like 6am and we're working it together and me going, what the fuck? Why would you get up at six? Like, can we not do this in like evenings and stuff? But Stephen was a morning person, so I adapted. Uh, but it was actually quite good fun. Um, yeah, I, I remember you you coming to me. Uh, I think you like uh, WhatsApped me or something. You're like, oh, yeah. Stephen and I have started like looking at this thing. Would love to get your your yeah. ideas so, here. So obviously, given that you were building this at Monzo, it'd be like really weird if we just built it like built a thing in a corner and was like never came and talked to you. So I remember chatting to Stephen and just sort of going like, we were we were essentially going, what would what would be the reasons to do this or not do this? And one of them was like, if Chris essentially says like, I'm not cool with this, uh, then that kills it. And so there was a sort of, I remember debating how we approach this with you for a while, Stephen. I was just like, like, do we think he'll say yes? Do we think he'll say no? Should we just pick something else that's like where there's no risk? And then, yeah, writing you a kind of like, we're doing this. Like, what do you think? I remember your first response was like, yeah, sounds sounds good. And I think in the background, like what you really meant was like, please, can I join in? And yeah, I, I, don't know, I just remember this like hilarious, like us trying to work out what you wanted. And and then, and, and then at some point, yeah, I can't remember. You, you probably remember this better than me, but I just remember a bit of like 
very Britishness going on. Of just oh, going massive, like, massive. Do this. Yeah. Are you cool with it? And you're like, yes, I'm cool with it. And we're like, yeah, Great. Well, I, I spoke like, to my, I spoke to my wife and I was like, I was like, oh, it's really, really good. It's really validating that like Stephen and Pete have seen, seen <laughs> what, what I sort of pulled together at Monza and think there's something really, really good in it. And she's like, that sounds like something you'd be really interested in. And I was like, I'm really interested in it. I want to go, and, <laughs> I want to go play in the, like the fun incident, like space. Yeah. Um, and I we remember, should, um... uh, Go on. We should give some credit to Jonas at Monzo, who's his prompt. German background, yeah. I think, mm. but busted through the awkward Britishness and was like, just talk to each other about this. Yeah. Uh, so a collective thank you, Jonas. It was, it was more that Jonas was like, have you talked to Chris? And our response was like, yeah, we chatted to Chris. And he was like, yeah, it's all cool. Go ahead. And Jonas is like, I think you should chat to Chris again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it was. It was. I remember talking to him. And I was like, I can't. I can't go and ask them just to like join in. I was like, that. That like that's really awkward. Like puts a bunch of like pressure on them because then they have to say no. And he's like, they would be mad not to want you working with them on this. And I was like, oh, don't, I don't think that's true. Anyway, I remember. I remember it being a really hard call, and you just been like, yeah, let's do it. Let's give it a trial. Let's just like. Yeah. go for two think, weeks I like come build what did we some say stuff we do? i think we said we'd do like a one month trial yes which which was basically like do you want to join us in our ludicrous like early morning late evening like hackathons hmm. uh i think we called it early as well i think we got like we got like a weekend i've got text somewhere from Stephen being like this is like this is great should we just do it and i was like yes absolutely yeah uh, so i think we got a week into our month trial or two weeks or something we were just like you know this is great let's fucking go but it, it's lucky, right? Because the three of us, yeah. like, whilst we were all at Monzo, like, we actually didn't work close. Like, mm. I, I think I met Stephen actually on, on a, in like a one-to-one chat. We had one chat ever. Yeah, at, mm-hmm. at I think Monzo. you and I, you and I only cro- you, we crossed over in incidents. That was basically like I was like, "Hi, Chris, hi, platform yeah. person. Uh, yeah, yeah, shit's yeah. fucked up again." Like, yeah, you know, exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah, it was. Um, but it was a little bit like ships in the night. So like, it was, it was yeah. totally reasonable. It would be like, let's let's try this thing because. You know, there's plenty of people who I've worked with in the past who would be like, I would not want to start a company with you. <laughs> and it's like, it's a big risk, right? It's a big and those risk. people are, pressure. and Chris will enumerate them now on this podcast yeah. being recorded. No. Um, yeah, this no, is where I get the, it... the bleep machine out and he'll be like, you're already going to have to do that for like half of the words that I say. So he might as well while you're there. Yeah. You you mentioned Pete like early days though of like early early mornings and late nights. And I remember, I think this was, there's times now where like like building a company is just hard. It's really hard and it's very hard to switch off. Um, like there is a like I think Stephen describes it as like there is just an infinite amount of work to work to be done. So you have yeah. to be incredibly militant about sort of having rigorous lines in in where you shouldn't shouldn't sort of go. Um, but yeah, those early days I remember like working full time job at Monzo and none of us were in like you know I can go in and coast type roles. It's like it's no. full on. There's a high expectations at that company. So it's also like an integrity point, right? Of just like hundred percent. Like none of us were in roles where I, a we could do that or b it, it just felt really shitty. If we I. Like, yeah, I've never been like that. Side vibes, it's just like not the way, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am, I am massively motivated in companies by like just wanting to do the best job and be be sort of yeah. recognised for that and be seen as someone that people want to go to. Uh, so it's like, yeah, exactly. Not like any kind of mode of like, cool, we can sort of shift focus a bit. So it was definitely like, how do we cram more hours into the day? And I remember, I remember like alarm clock five thirty, get up, coffee, like work, incident laptop on the stand here like three of us like bleary eyed like what should we build and it's like yeah. right let's go this was, this was like, like november as well in fact this was almost two years ago at this yeah. point 
And so yeah. what I remember is like when it got light, that was time for my actual job. Because <laughs> the morning was like I wake up at like five thirty six a.m. Yeah. in the dark on a call with the two of you for like three hours or something, and then it would get light, and then it'd be like right yeah. time for like my other. Yeah, job. and then it, and then it, for for me it would be like it would be like do that, then go to Monzo for the day, and like it was a, such a yeah. weird gear change as well because it'd be like just scrapping on code where you're like loads of to do's in the in the like comments in the code where it'd be like to do i remember my favorite one that i found us all over the place was like to do obviously not this long term but it's yeah. fine for now what was <laughs> like, what was even better is that that had been added i think steven added that comment to something which yeah. i then copy pasted like nine times around the code base so then like that <laughs> that comment was just everywhere yeah i think the team think has was, quite rightly stripped those out now i think it was at to do obviously not this yeah. Yeah. Thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah it was um but it was like it was that gear change of like it was like 9 a.m and it was like cool and now i work for a yeah. bank where we have to be really sensible about like the kind of risks that we're taking and how we do things which means it's like necessarily slower but just like that pace change and then like five o'clock would roll around and for me it would be like go feed kids you know a yeah. bit of like family time and it'd be like 7 7 p.m it'd be like sorry joe i'm back back at it i'll see you yeah. <laughs> see you at like 10 p.m for bedtime yeah. uh, but it was good i enjoyed those days i think it was um it was just like a lot of fun although there was i remember there was a fun picture of me uh i went out to joe's joe's parents and it was like because it, like it was one. pandemic we were outside so i was like in like a big coat and like a hat and then there's like joe took a picture of me just fast asleep on a bench outside yeah. and i'm like yes this <laughs> is like what it's like bottom yeah yeah, yeah. well i don't know <laughs> i, I think it was brilliant who, man who's lost it all vibes <laughs> there's something very satisfying about like when you're that tired you can almost fall asleep on command yeah. And it's really like, I don't know, there were lots of places I'd just be like, you know, I am sleeping and I'm in an awkward position, but it's all good. It's all good. But, yeah, uh, a, that picture is in our memories channel in Slack somewhere. Yeah. Uh, Do you, yeah, it's one of my favorites. That reminds me, um, go on, it's tagged with, uh, I think it's tagged with uh, picture burning the, bandle, burning the candle at both ends. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Just I, if, if I can work the magic when we when we pull this together into a video, I'll see if I can get like a screenshot of that up right now. <laughs> um, uh, I I was just thinking about um, that. Like, that spell reminds me of like early days demos. Um, do you remember the first first demo we did? So oh, like proper proper one. I don't know if I remember the first like actual. I, I remember the first big demo. I'm yes. sure we would have showed this to like some people, but the first big demo it was go cardless, right? It was. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. Stephen, Stephen, you you were leading it, weren't you? Was it you? Or no, was it I was leading it. I think. Oh, were you lead? Oh, or, or Pete like, was leading. Or, we had so at that point we did double demos, so we had two yeah. people. So we had like one of us would sort of be the lead, and the other person would be like the chaos monkey who would like be like, no, the database is down, and like they take actions and they do things. And we we had yeah, we had this like sort of uh, double act going on. And I think Stephen, you were my you were my sort of second, which which made sense. Was, like, Gardas was my um, yeah. You know, yeah, that's my home home turn. I know. I think I was on the call. I was on the call, just like observing and there for like question answering y stuff. Yeah. But I, I remember this distinctly because you opened up mm. the Slack thing and you're like, "It's really simple. I remember you just it do too. you do you do a slash incident, and it was just like <laughs> uh, like computer says no, big red <laughs> error type vibe. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. yeah, it was like yeah, and and made better by like I think to set the context a little bit. So like so Lawrence, who was the principal essay at GoCardless, and and now actually works for Instant IA. Um, I'd been showing him like we'd been showing him the tool and like getting his feedback, and then essentially done the like the big moment of going like, do you think GoCardless would be interested in using this? And we were like, ah, oh, such a big company, like you know, this would be like 
you know, a huge deal versus like some small mum and pop shop somewhere. And he was like, yeah, like, you know, they talked about it internally and it's like, right, we're going to do a demo. I think it was like 40, 50 plus, maybe more of their engineering team joined the call. So it's like really big. Um, everyone turned the cameras off. So it's like this faceless crowd of like, you know, 50 people. Uh, and yeah, uh, so it's like, I think the context made like a much bigger difference. Essentially, all I was looking at was like 60 black squares while I frantically stalled. Meanwhile, there's a separate Slack conversation going on where Steven's going like, I know what it is. I'm on it. Like, stall, stall, stall. I'm, like, the fix is coming. And I'm going like, fuck. Uh, yeah, so like, how's everyone doing? <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, I also don't know half of you because you've all joined since I left. And it was, yeah, it was absolutely excruciating. Uh, and I'm glad that both of you do all the demos now. Uh, yeah. Well, but we, we, was, we did sign up as a customer. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So while Pete, while Pete was stalling, I was off in the side deep into like a pSQL console and I just even know uh, what went wrong I was essentially like, what, what went wrong it was uh I think we had introduced the concept of like roles at this point so role being like a hat <laughs> you wear during the incident like an incident lead or a communications lead or something we I think we had shipped with opinionated pre-built roles that you could not configure and then we had moved from that to like yeah. user-defined roles. And we had migrated all the accounts apart from like the demo accounts. So I had to yeah. sort of, you know, insert into like X, uh, a bunch of just manual stuff. I'm essentially Got just it. typing as fast as I possibly could whilst Pete had extremely awkward conversations off to the side. But uh, yeah. hey, Is it, it worked. Like, it, I think also like, I think hat tip Lawrence, who like jumped in to save me a little bit by like asking yeah. me questions that I could answer. Uh, so appreciate that, Lawrence. That didn't contribute to us wanting to hire you, but it was like you were a very good egg. <laughs> he, he is. He <laughs> continues to be a good egg. Flounder. I think he does continue yeah. to be a good egg. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's um, the, the the fun thing is we still have we still have issues in demos, and it's like so these days we like all of the like me anyone sort of doing sales that kind of thing we get on like the rapid release. Uh, so we get like features first, so we get yeah. to try them out, and it means it's great because it's like you get to like show people a little peek of like what's coming, not just what they can you know get in the product right now and the good thing is is that i've now i've now sort of like nailed the like just keep calm like we have good processes yeah. behind the scenes for this stuff um yeah it's uh it's always fun yeah. like de live, think, live think... demos right it's just always going to be that way there's always that slight like yeah. sweaty palms moment sort of thing but uh, i think we i think we span it in the early i mean like obviously everything's a lot more stable now but i think in the early days we span it a few times as well of like we'd literally be on a demo and like page duty would go off on my phone mid demo and i'd be like mm, that's interesting i have apparently triggered an incident by giving this demo like i'm going to carry on but like in the background Stephen and chris will be doing almost exactly what i'm about to show you so like yeah. you can imagine do you, do you know what i mean it was yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. imagine this being done for real yeah uh, I've, i had one demo where slack went down as well which was really fun Ooh, which is just like that's, that's hard. oh here's a here's here's a little error and i was like and you do the next thing and it's like well that doesn't work either and i'm like well we're definitely up and running and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah fun it's all oh, good man. um do you remember do you remember the first offsite that we did um i think it was y, y valley wasn't it i do that was like early days had had a handful of like i don't know like what 10 15 customers something like that um maybe not yeah double digits at that and point. and so it was just the three of us still building supporting the app doing all the things and we decided i mean in retrospect what a ridiculous idea to go to the middle so y valley is where in like wales is, is that right wales, yeah. yeah yeah so it's in wales 
possibly one of like the most i mean the remote places in the context of like you know the united kingdom uh terrible internet signal the worst broadband i think i think i've ever had in like a house and we were like yeah yeah this will be yeah. fine we'll go and do some like some strat- strategic thinking about the future and then had had i remember there was like an issue with one of our integrations with a customer who was in san francisco because of slack timeouts and stuff like that yeah. And yeah, just that was a bit of carnage, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was the, uh, to me, it was like the beautiful um, clash of like thinking that you, like when you do these early stage companies, they're so fragile and like you have customers that are betting on like 10% the product and 90% you as people. So you sort of just got this little fragile thing that is starting to, to take shape and it's just the kind of uh, you can't just take a few days to go and like discover yourself in the forest and chat about like what this thing is and could be because at the same time people are trying to use your you know pretty scrappy unstable like first skeleton of a product so you need to support that at the same time and it was just such like a beautiful image of us walking along like this picturesque uh meadow in the summer and then and then pager duty you know the phone goes off as we are like one bar of signal try and ssh into like the machine and fix it i think on like a a 30 degree hill as well so it was just a there's a a picture somewhere of uh, i took a selfie of like where we were and it was it was like the hill was so steep i think we were halfway up and also like sweating like crazy it was really humid. Like we'd we'd massively underestimated this hike generally, so it was already like a bad call had been made. Uh, and then yeah, like Page G went off. Uh, credit to Page G, he reached us in the middle of a fucking like you know halfway up a hill in the middle of nowhere. Um, yeah, I don't think we I don't think we SSH'd in. I think it was I think it was like we could spot the code change. Or like we we did it all. It was all on. I did it all on my phone. You reverted with GitHub or something, didn't you? It wasn't a revert. I made a code change. I edited Uh... directly in GitHub on my phone the the piece of broken code. Then like it CI ran. It got approved. I pressed go, and because we had like CI CD, it just deployed to prod. And then messaged in Slack on my phone, being like, "This is now fixed." (laughs) This is this is horrendous, but also quite cool. Just a uh, PSA to all of our current and future customers: Uh, we do not do that anymore no pete does <laughs> yeah. not just pete does not just essentially like text code into our into our github repository and deploy no. code but uh, it went through ci this wasn't like a yolo deploy but yeah no to be clear yeah. we have a much uh, we have a very rigorous on-call rater and we have very stand, good standard practices etc but yeah. early right. days Le- legal notice off. ended yeah, yeah. Ch- yeah chill out chill out someone's listening to this anyway someone's someone's <laughs> lawyer is listening to this and he's like you guys are going to get the calls about it you so did what yeah <laughs> Um, I do then, remember um, that holiday though. I remember, I remember like a couple of things from that, which was like that was our first time of actually spending time as like individuals outside of like a working context. And I think there's always massive risk with those kinds of things because there's people who I really like, like there's friends who I really like going to the pub with or going out for dinner with, and the prospect of going and spending a week with them, I'd be like, they would drive me absolutely mad and i think when you live in close quarters and cooking food and cooking is always the thing that is just like the pressure point and uh no i remember i remember that just being like i i know we're onto something good here with the three of us because i came away being like i'd happily go and do that again 
and we have yeah. done it again and it's like i don't know mm-hmm. it makes a big difference i think i think yeah. and we are... know that chris is chris's primary strength is making poached eggs and like that's a thing we can rely on so yeah yeah poached eggs and a bolognese i made a bolognese whilst you, you two were fixing one of the things that was going on yes. and I, I think bolognese is actually a really serious meal to cook because I've had a lot of very average bolognese's and mm-hmm. I think it's one of those ones where it's like, you know, simple on the surface, but it's like, what's your, what's your bit of flair that you, you know, you put in there kind of thing. You and some people, and yeah. what's yours, Chris? You, know, well, you just be, laid that up perfectly. That would be telling. That's my, uh, my secret. <laughs> I don't want to give it away. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, but no, but there, people do, people do have their little things. So like things that I think might be a bit contentious and this is not really a cooking podcast, but I'll go there is Look, celery pivot, pivot when it feels natural. Celery, celery, you know, you like, you know, it's like sautéing your onions at the beginning, mm-hmm. celery and in at that point, chopped up really fine. I hate mm-hmm. celery. I'll be honest. I hate celery, but it adds a little, little peppery depth to the, to the sauce. So that's, is, that's one I'll give you. I'm not giving you any nice. others. This though. is what the listeners are here for is like, Bam, instance, bam, origin stories, and then yeah. snuck in on the side, add your yeah, celery exactly. when you're sorting your onions for your bolognese. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mine is uh, whole milk. Oh, that's mental. That's. Nah, <laughs> cream, cream in a bolognese is actually, like, you know, surprisingly good. I'm, do, I'm just so that. glad I cooked the bolognese now because it sounds like this, this yeah. company might not exist if Stephen had done it. Well, no, it would just Steve. be me and Stephen enjoying our creamy bolognese <laughs> and you'd have, like, rage quit and walked off to the, you know. Well, the that's, that's the clip for the podcast. Me and Stephen enjoying our creamy bolognese. I, the hordes of Italians that descend on any kind of Italian cooking. Yeah. You know, YouTube video, I can safely say that they will agree agree with me, uh, <laughs> not with your random celery crap that you've decided to add to your bolognese. Incidentally, this reminds me, uh, as per tradition of the podcast, we need a secret word and it feels only fitting that we need, it should be creamy bolognese. So if you reply underneath <laughs> the YouTube video with creamy bolognese, the first reply will get an incident IO like gift pack, which will have some lovely socks, lovely water bottle, and maybe some t-shirts in it as well. There we Excellent. go. Nice. <laughs> and well with done. that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, right. First holiday covered other seminal moments. I think uh, in any history, in like company history is like first office. Uh, yeah. Very fitting for us. It was the old fire station in, in old street. Um, yeah awesome office very very fond memories do you remember, do you remember going and like picking it out uh finding it pete i know you went and did a lot of scouting early days i do i uh i don't do any office management anymore but i feel like this is one of the the parts of my role that i genuinely enjoyed the most in that it made it made everything feel incredibly real and i remember yeah opportunistically we decided that so we were like should we stay remote um and then we were like no actually like let's find like a little office somewhere where we can essentially hold ourselves up so at this point we 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 had some conversations with Monzo and we'd agreed we were going to leave. We had like plenty of notice periods and stuff. So we had like a three month period where we were kind of like in wind down mode. And we said like, when we're done, let's, you know, get in a room. It'll be way more fun than this remote job. Uh, and we can, we can sort of hustle and hack away. Um, and so, yeah, then I did like an opportunistic, found this like old fire station felt very fitting. Uh, I remember, I think WhatsApp video calling both of you or some subset of the two of you, um, and sort of doing a like doing a tour felt like one of those kind of mm-hmm. virtual guides. Uh, we saw like three or four different offices, I think, and then yeah, found one that was like four. Pe- it was for four people, and it had like a an adjoining annex that you could like extend into that could fit like another three. And 
we were like, oh yeah, one day we might, we might get to like seven people. So let's, this is like a good investment in the future, which is hilarious. Uh, looking back, uh, that that's, that's the scale of ambition at this stage in the company's life. Um, so it's also where, where we painted it as well, right? So it was like a white, yeah. white blank box originally. It was and totally bare. Uh, had some desks in the middle and yeah, like first, first weekend, it was, it was great. I managed to rope, uh, and my wife into essentially letting me trawl around like plant shops and paint shops. And then, and then like, yeah, manually painted the, we had a, we had a feature wall. It was incredibly fancy. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the Farrow and Ball Hague blue, right? which, is, Ball. which is, I can't remember which why, is here why on my wall. It and Ball. Is it the same yeah. color? Is your, hang on, have you got it in your, your study there, Pete? Cause Steven's no, got it. I don't have, I don't have a Hague blue wall in my, in my office. Uh, he had it in his old office. I had it in my office. He's now since yeah. abandoned it, which I yeah. think is poor effort. Yeah. Maybe I should. Yeah, maybe I'll do it. Like this just makes us me. sound like the most middle-class does, kind of yeah. British out of touch yeah. company ever. It's yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Well, I, th- I, I think, think I, I think get... like, brand, brand colors were born from me perusing like and picking slightly at random. Um, the, the, so. the alternative positioning is that we are a design-led company that cares about the <laughs> the, de- the details. Uh, I did, which is I tell I you what, I, I I genuinely I was so proud of that office, and like hey, the, I, the, I, difference, I, the difference I, between when we moved in and it was like this white box, and even the landlord came around and they were like, "This is amazing," and it was like we'd done I'd done a little like uh, what done a little geometric pattern on the wall that felt really fancy. We got like vinyl logo. It felt a bit like a jungle because I went a bit overboard on the plants. Um, I remember and... uh, walking back from Liverpool Street, uh, the plant shop in the middle of Liverpool oh Street, uh, and essentially buying yeah. two, A, too many plants, B, one particular plant that acted a little bit like a sail. So when I was walking back in a very windy day, I, I essentially this. had this huge plant that was trying to constantly push me backwards as I was yes. like... It was one, yeah. it was like a massive fern, but like, <laughs> so, so, so Stephen did this to himself in that, like, we left this plant shop with this massive fucking plant and then like another small plant and Stephen was carrying the big plant and I was like, should we just, should we get an Uber? Cause it's, it's like, you know, 15, 20 minute walk and this plant's quite large. And Stephen was like, no, it's fine. It's a lovely day. We'll just walk it. <laughs> All I remember was getting halfway. Like, neither of us can feel our arms. We've had to swap, like, three times. Stephen is repeatedly getting blown around like a sort of napkin in the wind. <laughs> just like, yeah, oh, man. And, and everyone walking past. So, like, I'm in front. And so all I can see is people do it, like, sort of walking along and going, like, yeah. looking really weirdly at him. I apologize for listeners of the podcast who can't see the expression that I'm pulling. But, like clocking this walking fern just getting blown all over the pavement it was yeah it was great it was great how are we paying for all of this stuff at this point i can't remember revenue man like this is this was like i felt really proud at this point like we so no investment i think no that's not true we all invested a hundred pounds a month at this point that was how we we paid that was how we paid the early days heroku bill and various other things and then office rent was like our first big like investment and so we've we've yeah. made I think we've pounds. made three thousand pounds of revenue or something, which is actually pretty legit at this point. And the office was seven fifty a month or like a thousand a month or something. And we were just like, don't know, we've got three months of runway. Should we just should we go for it? Uh, yeah, yeah, that was good. It was, it, that office did look beautiful, by the way, Pete. I don't know if I've actually told you this, Thank but you. like I remember, I remember coming in the day, the weekend after, and. 
it was just like it was all the little details like the little like wooden like monitorizers with the little drawers and like you'd taken like a very very anemic bland box and i was like this feels this feels like home and it makes i genuinely think it makes such a difference because like yeah. it's not just it's not just like the you know working in proximity it's like the the vibe you get from a place makes a massive massive difference and i used to just yeah. so like i remember at this time so i was still working at monzo and i would i would take like a day off every every few weeks to do like full day of incident stuff and then i would often be like early mornings before going into monzo i just remember being like this feels so good i'm so happy yeah. to be in this place and i think it's something we've we've tried to like carry through like our offices are, have yeah. often been quite blank canvasy and it's it's like our current one like i will put some photos in the show notes or whatever but like our current office now very very blank canvas like big white empty box uh and it now looks absolutely glorious i reckon it looks yeah. really nice yeah i think it's I, I think we talked about this a lot in the early days right of like especially when we're doing the remote on-site de debate and so yes of essentially took the principle of like if you're going to ask people to come into the office there has to be some advantage ideally in addition to like spending time with your colleagues like it has to it has to feel good you can't be like you must come into the office because something something collaboration and then sit everyone in like shit cubicles and it's like you know it's like what what's the what's the point in that like if you're going to do it do it properly um yeah so yeah we spend a lot of time thinking about that stuff and yeah i care a lot about it let's uh let's not well. open the can of worms of you know asking people to come into an office uh because we don't ask people to come into an office we we yeah, find we people who want to come into an office <laughs> <laughs> dangerous dangerous topic yeah. abort move on move on um i guess uh next thing the next like big milestone for us then was like hiring our first people which felt that felt like a i remember i remember feeling a very very strong sense of responsibility at that point because oh between the three of us early days you're like if this doesn't work like we can go and find jobs like we're pretty confident in that but you suddenly now got you know, so we hired our first like two engineers sort of very close yeah. together. And I remember just being like, oh, shit, like this now has to work. And we now have to go down that that route. Um, I don't remember. Do you remember exactly how we sort of those conversations went, Pete? I know there were people you knew previously, right? Yeah. So I knew, I knew Lisa and Lawrence and both of them had separately said like, you know, if you ever start a company, like, hmm. or you're going to start a company, like, let me know. I'd be quite interested. And so this wasn't like, you know. I felt really nervous because it's like saying to someone like, I think you should quit your job and come join me on this like crazy endeavor. Um, then it's sort of, I don't know. It's like, it's a big ask. Right. Um, and so instead I did, I think I did a more tentative, like, Hey, you know, that thing you said, like where, if I start a company, like you'd be interested, like kind of think we're going to do one. Like, are you interested? And I think, yeah, I think the response from both of them was basically just like, absolutely. Like, yes. I don't think there was a huge amount of like, deep like hard selling needed from our side which almost made it worse because it was like that level of trust of like yeah like let's go let's do this i was like oh god but and then i think what i did was like a massive anti-sell where i essentially went like it's partly trying to make sure that they really wanted this and partly trying to absolve myself of some responsibility going like to be clear this will almost certainly fail this will almost certainly go like horribly wrong at some point i don't even have any money to pay you like you will not have contracts <laughs> At some point, we will give you some equity. I promise, like all this kind of stuff, and 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 both of them were like un, unfazed. Um, and I think, yeah, uh, yeah, are still are still with us and doing an amazing job. And I remember, like, this was the same time that we were raising our seed round, and so like obviously Stephen's spending a lot of time on that and working with investors, and sort of me going like, please work, please work, please work, please work. Um, 
and then yeah we had we had a dinner with them right where we like officially kind of because it, it, it's basically i think what i said to them is like uh let's wait until or like don't don't quit until we've raised the money and i think they quit anyway uh and so there was this like limbo period where i was like right well now if we don't raise any money like we can't pay these people and we can pro- like they might be cool with that for like a few months it's the early startup journey but like this really needs to work and then yeah i can't remember quite the timings but i remember there was like a, a dinner where we like got together an, and an infamous infamous dinner pete because we yeah, it was your it was your favorite place right Stephen? it's like a, a Stephen Stephen special restaurant yeah this was a so there's a restaurant in farringdon and clerkenwell uh in London, which is called the Quality Chop House. Uh, so it was the Ravelin sort of local haunt. Uh, used to get lunch from there, but it's kind of this old uh, Victorian y, like kind of simple, basic food, but cooked really well. Uh, and yeah, there's like a little private small room upstairs that you can rent to, uh, to, to sort of have, um, I don't know, six to eight people around the table. So, you know, we just, I think we'd signed a term sheet at this point. So, you know, we had uh, extremely high likelihood of money in the bank. Um, we were going through the legal side of the world. So it felt like a nice kind of book bookmark to start the, you know, we are a real company. We can pay you money and you'll have contracts and holidays and all of these uh, basic things that Lawrence, you, know, you would Lawrence, expect as an joined, employee. Literally said, do I get holiday? Because we just haven't talked about any of it. It's like, yes, and you get holiday, Lawrence. Hang on, people are getting holiday at this company. What? Yeah, employees, founders don't. We, oh, you don't right. get holiday, Chris. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> um, uh, and yeah, so we then, uh, then what happened then? Uh, so we had this meal and I don't think, so Chris and I had not spent tons of time with Lawrence and Lisa, who are the first engineers we're talking yeah. about. Um so there was a little bit of like trying to build the relationship side of the world, but it was like a feel good meal. You know, everyone was spending some time together. Um, the problem was that Chris had uh, lost his voice about an hour and a half before this dinner. So it was essentially, you know, me, Pete, Lisa Lawrence, very enthusiastically, like happily discussing, you know, what <laughs> happened, our plans for the future. And then just like Chris smiling and like nodding and then occasionally (laughs) forgetting that he had lost his voice and then trying to talk and then immediately after doing so being really sad that he had lost his voice (laughs) and And then everyone kind of like passing things to chris and going like yes and and then going oh yeah no you can't answer that question it's like it was it was so rough because i'd i'd had like sore throat you were quite ill as well right I'd, I'd sore throat leading yeah. up to it. Yeah, not been feeling super great. And I was like, I've got got a bunch of stuff to do. And so, yeah, I remember, I think it was actually, I lost my voice. I sort of, I was able to have a just about conversation with Lisa on the way to the restaurant. I was talking to her and I was sort of, was a, you know, scratchy, scratchy. And then, yeah, got into the place and it was just like absolutely gone. Tried to make any noise and it was like a squeak would come out. This has only ever happened to me like twice in my life. But I think there was... um I think the, the fun thing for me was like we were it was where we were like listen we've had a chat as well as founders around like roughly what our areas of responsibility are going to be in the early days and so it was like you know Stephen CEO <laughs> thinking about money in the bank and like that sort of side Pete's you know our sort of best technical person put him on that Chris will be doing like sales and CS so doing a lot of like talking to our customers and I just remember being like yes talking I remember what that what that was like you know (laughs) yeah so I guess that's like a nice little little trip down memory lane of where we've been um 
Stephen, where 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 are we at now? What's going on? What's on uh, what's front of mind for you? Yeah, so I guess uh, to put timeframes in perspective, the earliest of days we were talking about was November twenty twenty. So that was the sort of, you know, uh, just getting this thing off the, the ground. Chris sleeping on a bench was probably April 2021, right. uh, maybe May. And then we're now recording this in November 2022. So let's say this is like a year and a half of full-time effort on this company. Um, so we're about 40 people um, with about 35 in London, five in New York. Uh We've raised three rounds of funding at this point as well. So close to $40 million uh, and really in this like strong initial growth phase. So that looks like working with a ton of interesting companies uh, across the world. So that that kind of looks um, in terms of like what we are, the problems we're solving for them. I think it kind of buckets up into two things. So the first one is like when stuff is really going wrong, solving the acute pain that people are seeing during that. So this looks like coordinating response efforts, communication, just generally like trying to put the fire out, so to speak. Um, so th- these people, the people that are most interested in this side of the world end up being uh, kind of the, the end users, the folks that get paged, um, the people that are having to actually sort of support and put the fire out. And then you have this kind of secondary group of, you know, maybe leadership or compliance or customer support, people that need to be informed, but don't necessarily need to be uh, as involved as the rest. So, you know, this is like the response side of incidents. And then you have like, yes, but what about many incidents? So this is, uh, for example, like, how much time are we spending on incidents? Like, which parts of our infrastructure are more unreliable than others? Like, how much of my total engineering capacity is being spent on reactive work? Um, so this generally tends to skew a bit more like leadership, CTO, VP engineering, yeah. CPO style. Um, and yeah, we've we've spent really the past year, I think, trying to build the best product in the world to solve both of those problems. And uh, in my opinion, at least uh, very far along, you know, very far along doing that. Um, and yeah, I think we're now in this like uh, this phase of working with some amazing companies and trying to find trying to find more really like we are i think we are one of the best products you can buy in the world to solve this problem but everywhere we go no one has a product to do this when they use it they love it so we're now in the phase of like cool well let's get some more people to let's get some more people to use it because we know they're going to love it yeah Yeah. i think i think the turning point for me on the like that the point you made around like execs and the value to those because originally this product started as a like we were engineers we had an acute problem of like resolving resolving incidents responding to them is like i with with the recent like insights launch i've i've actually like for a long time we had some graphs and i was like you know oh these are really useful if you're the cto and this and that and honestly there's a little bit of like salesmanship in that and like selling ahead of where you are but the recent recent round of things that the folks have been working on like legit genuinely useful looking at like on a weekly basis like things like where's our engineering time going is is incredible and like what what are the things that are causing us to so we i think maybe we're a bit unique as a company because we have every single paging alert that we get every time an engineer is paged it translates into an incident so we have like sentry fires for any kind of error any kind of error goes to page duty page duty plugs into incident io auto creates you a channel pulls you in gets you off on on that ground so it means we have like high fidelity like ability to see what 
what's coming in and then tagging of all these things so we know like what the shape of it is and it's it's fascinating i think i i can go in and be like why why was this this massive spike in like response like time spent reacting to things and it's like oh well we shipped the new feature that allows us to plug into jira and automatically keep jira tickets up to date with what's happening in incident and surprise surprise jira is a nightmare to build against and we had all manner of like errors under these different different situations so yeah i'm i'm feeling i think i think i think the like interesting like turning point in any company when you're developing product is when you go from sort of selling a little bit ahead of where you are to being able to incredibly authentically and genuinely say this is actually solving problems not for just for me but for like a whole bunch of folks and you can stand behind that uh with all of your weight it's um makes makes selling a lot easier um and so yeah, contrasting that to the early days where stuff's breaking in demos uh these days it's rock solid and it's really really good i think um i think that that for me has been one of the most fun parts of the past year is just the customers that we get to work with and the people at yeah. those at those companies um i so i'd never really sold stuff before this and my mental model of like selling software to people was this somewhat arm's length transaction where you had to convince like this big scary group of people that your product was worth worth anything and i think the reality couldn't be more different it's ended up being like a set of close partnerships between like genuinely lovely people that have helped us shape and build the product and one of the most common uh one of the most common comments i got from investors uh when we were raising the round is like you work with a list of amazing companies and to be honest like in the early days every company that we signed up we just asked them if we could put their logo on the website i was gonna and say as a result... do you remember in the early days <laughs> it's like it was literally so we put every logo on like the first, i think we didn't we were too ashamed to put any logos on until we got to like five and then we were like yeah that's like a row of logos let's have like a row and then i remember having a conversation with you when we reached like 10 being like cool what's the short list of logos because we can't have like loads and you're like nope all the logos go on the home page at which point it's like cool 15 and i remember us like every time we had a new customer land i'd have to do this weird maths of like is it like do we do it's like a four by six and then you add one and you're like oh fuck like okay so now we're gonna do like a five by like how do we structure the logo so that it doesn't look horrendous but on the flip side what we had was all these people reaching out being like oh my god you have so many customers and you're like but no one puts all their customers on the homepage, but it worked really well as like a strategy. Um, the sad thing, then, the sad thing now though, the really sad thing is yeah. it's now it's now not that because it turns out the bigger the customer you go to, the the bigger the legal team and the less likely <laughs> the legal team are to approve use of customers. So I have this like this is this is fun. So I do a lot of lot spend a lot of time talking to customers, like either from like customer success or like sales angles. And like the thing things that you, you often get the comment of like, oh my gosh, the logos you have on your website. And I'm just like like if you yeah. could see the ones that we if you could see the ones we <laughs> can't put there like you would literally you'd be like oh my goodness so yeah. uh yeah, yeah we'll, was... we'll get them eventually it's fine i'm gonna just keep badgering them once we become like you know give it like a few months after you've onboarded and you're like oh my gosh this software is amazing it's like that's when you go hey uh cto um your legal team weren't <laughs> so keen originally but now that we've solved all these problems could we please use your logo so expect yeah. some exciting things it's such a, I, I i think a lot of people will let us use them eventually and it's kind of yeah it's frustrating not to, not being able to talk about it but it's cool it's like name yeah a lot of the customers using now that like all of my family have heard of like that's yeah. really cool because up until then it was like a lot of them were kind of you know very technical companies or really kind yeah. of specific 
niche companies, right? Yeah. And we yeah, could, um, I was like, you've signed who? And I'm like, yeah, like we mm-hmm. have, but we can't tell anyone. We could cause Chris loads of editing and I was going to say, we just, we just literally list all the customers and Chris <laughs> yeah. is like, <laughs> has to bleep everything out and then, you know, just uh, blur out the... Oh, gosh. I've been trying to be really careful yeah. not to like, let anything slip, but maybe yeah, I should yeah, just yeah. be more cavalier and just right. give it stop. a Stop. Everyone stop. There's a risk. This is going to get editing heavy, so I think we should call it. We're about an hour anyway. Uh, so I think... I think this has been a lot of fun. Um, I I haven't like we haven't like like reminisced on this sort of stuff for a very long time. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, we should definitely do this again. I think. I think maybe we're teeing, teeing ourselves up for like a year in review, maybe, and if you in like yeah. before the end of the year, like mm-hmm. what do we ship? What are my favourite features? A bit more product centric. Uh, yeah, for that. Sounds yeah, good. Definitely. Let's do it. I also think we should. Um, we kind of we stopped our reminiscing at the point where you know the team joined but there's sort yep. of a year and a half where like you know a lot of early employees have their own uh, recollections and reminiscences well we, we, we do yeah we, we actually we have that memories well. we have the memories channel and so that's one yeah. of my favorite things is we have a channel called memories and it's just like the dumping ground for any pictures of like oh, do you remember the time that lawrence yeah, spilled his like coffee all over himself or first off-site you know, when we went to edinburgh and like yeah yeah, yeah exactly like, yeah, the, uh, from this point onwards i think like a lot of the memories are shared and we should get just get the team involved that's true we should do that we'll do that nice listen uh i i think we call it there but uh this has been a lot of fun let's let's catch up in a little while and do it again nice sounds good see you later